0: Someone said this to me and I really believe in it. It's like you were born with your dream and you are the only one who's gonna die with your dream. So like you have to be willing to fight for what's inside of you and no one else can do it for you. And unless you're like out there pushing it and fighting it and sharing for it, like how could people know about you? Where's your credibility? Where's your, you know, you have it inside of you, but your truth isn't expressed into the world. And so this just always kept me really committed to keep going. i have enough of a relationship with the universe or with the spiritual realm or the other side to know that like it's worth it
1: it all begins by understanding the mind i want to be happy now i don't care about the future i want to be happy
0: right now you are not alone you are never ever ever alone in this
1: to help my voice grow and giving me freedom to be creative on my own i'm christina Barcy. welcome to be bold begin a podcast dedicated to you the creative the healer and the innovator The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's
0: body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel
1: like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse Creativity Coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. This is Barcy, your host, and I have a fun conversation for you today that I have with Colleen Gallagher about her healing journey from a cancer diagnosis that she had at a young age, which prompted her discoveries around alignment and truth and purpose and possibility. And we talk through each of these big topics from creating alignment in areas of wealth, to physical health and our mind, and truly all of the things that we wrestle with in life. And as heavy and deep as that all may sound, our conversation was very light and practical and full of excitement and joy for life. So here's a little bit more about Colleen. Colleen is a heart-centered, intuitive business consultant. She has survived childhood cancer and is a global citizen, a passionate advocate, and an academic who's currently pursuing her PhD in psychology. Her greatest success is seeing her clients' businesses impact the world in a way that feels good for them. Colleen empowers leaders and businesses to come to a newfound clarity of their purpose so that they can better understand their spiritual gifts when taking calculated action to monetize their life. Her work involves teaching leaders how to use their voices on social media to attract opportunities create freedom and impact the world. I hope you enjoy this conversation I have with Colleen as much as I did. Here is our conversation. So welcome, Colleen. Hi, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so glad you're here as well. It's funny because you were connected to me again by Rebecca Perez. who was also a guest on the show. And the funny thing was, is that we had already just met on our Mm -hmm. own through a podcast event. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a small world, and it's amazing how the
0: universe just connects us.
1: I know. I love it. It was meant to be, clearly. So glad to have you. I'm super glad to be here and to connect and share. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about your story, because the couple times that we have talked were kind of brief. So I want to know, and of course my listeners want to know, what was life like before you started doing what you do now, and I know you have a journey to share, so I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I was born in Michigan,
0: and I was born to two very normal parents. They were lawyers, and I was an only child, so really very normal upbringing, nothing too crazy <laughs> that happens, but when I was playing basketball at the age of 14, I went up for a layup, and I fell on the ground, and I was like hyperventilating. I was going, <gasps> Mm -hmm. and I'd never had asthma or anything. So this was like, you know, totally like foreign to me, something brand new I'd never experienced and it wasn't stopping. So they had like the school person, like if it was asthma, it wasn't asthma. We go to like my doctor and then from the doctor, we go to like the ambulance and we go to the ER and they were like, your thyroid is inches enlarged. Like you're going to need a, a thyroid surgery and it possibly you could have thyroid cancer. Wow. So it was just like, what? Like, how did we just go from like basketball practice, like a very normal life of like 14, you know, Mm. very healthy, very fun to like, now we're throwing cancer out. Mm. And so we had my first surgery and it was determined that it was cancerous. And then it was determined I needed another surgery. And it wasn't so much like thyroid cancer, actually on the cancer scale is one of the better cancers to have. But at a younger age, What it means is that you're going to be on a medication for the rest of your life because what your thyroid does, is it produces hormones in your body. So there was hyper or hypo, and so it's hyper, Mm -hmm. meaning that my hormones were overproducing or overactive. And so I got it removed, but it was a pill a day for the rest of your life. And that when you want to become pregnant, you would need to like supplement or change it. So these were kind of like two things you don't really think about, like medical costs, going to specialty doctors for the rest of your life at a really young age. So as I kind of became older there was a lot of different memories that I started to experience of this cancer journey. Like it's like things kind of happen in our life and we're going through life. We don't always realize our surroundings because we're like, so well, that 14, you're not really thinking outside of yourself, but as you grow older and you begin to look at why am I doing these things? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I behaving this way? Why is my life this way? I started having these really like analytical questions And I also had this really interesting experience where I felt like there was just more for my life. And I felt like I wanted to travel the world and I wanted to get paid to travel the world. And I wanted to just figure out how to not be like so angry. And then I had to like work and save my money and then retire and then could travel. Like that was really my main thing. I just wanted to travel and feel like I could travel on my own.
1: How old were you at this point? That was hard to interrupt. Like what's the timeline? That was 21. Okay. So still pretty young.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I graduated college I spoke at a few like cancer events. I was really involved in the cancer community mm-hmm. and I started just having these really deep questions of like, I want to travel the world and I want to do it on my own. And I worked for a $23 billion company right after college. And so I had so many opportunities with like manufacturing and learning how a global company works and like amazing leaders. Like, you know, I got to meet with our CFO that like a $23 billion like stock exchange company. Like there was so many amazing opportunities mm-hmm. you got, but I just wasn't happy. There was just something inside of me where I was, like, I'm, like, hundreds of thousands, million-dollar sales territories at a very young age, 21, 22. And then at 23, I was, like, something needs to shift. Like, I can't keep doing this because I'm just not happy, and I can't see myself when I'm in my 30s and my 40s and my 50s. Like, I can't see myself still here. Like, I just can't do it. Like, physically, there's something in me that needs to change. And so I began to become obsessed with the online world. I began to get really obsessed with the word digital nomad.
1: And Mm. I was looking
0: at all these people who were digital nomads and like, what were they doing? And like people that would take pictures for the Marriott and do this, or they were going on cruising and like hashtag digital nomad. Like that was like my obsession. I was (laughs) like, I'm going to learn how to do this. I'm going to figure it out. And every time I watched those webinars or I watched those things, I was like, there's just something missing here. Like Whether it wasn't sustainable enough or it wasn't grounded enough or... I don't know there's something from like this corporate background I had this need to want to have a very successful career that was like recognized like the digital nomad didn't quite fit that but there was elements of it that were right Mm -hmm. so basically what I did is that you know what I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to move across the world to New Zealand so I'm going to like do the digital nomad thing but I'm going to get a job over there while I figure this out do you know what I'm saying
1: yeah. So practical still. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it's English speaking. I'd already been all over Europe. I'd never been to the side of the world. So I was like, okay, so something new, worst case scenario going, I could bartend. Like that was my thing. That was like worst case scenario. I could bartend and then I'll just get my master's in Australia. Like this was my plan of like worst case scenario. Okay. So I go there or I save my money. Once I made this decision, I saved my money for three months and I move across the world to New Zealand. And I had a meeting set up with an HR company already. Like I was like organized. I get a job with a $400 million company and it was literally the same exact salary and same exact bonus structure that I had when I was in America. So it was like insane.
1: Like a linear move. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but it was like a smaller company, but I got to travel to Korea, Taiwan, Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's not like the digital nomad, but it's way more traveling than my other company where that was just in America. Like, who wants to travel in America? Like, I've already (laughs) done all of that. Like, this is what I'm thinking, you know? And so I start that. And then as I do that, I realize like, wow, I basically just picked up my life. I moved across the world and I'm still unhappy. Why is that? And then I realized you can't just change your environment, but not change the inside of you, like not change what's happening inward. So I then learned about the coaching industry and I hired my first coach, my first mentor. And I really began to look at like your subconscious mind and our thought patterns and our supernatural abilities. And I just knew there was more. And I kept asking God, source, universe, show me the way. I know there's more. I want to travel on my own, like this is all I want, you know, and make money and make a career doing it. And the idea came through me to write a book, which was my first book. This one, Live Your Truth. <laughs> and this book is where I began to share my story of cancer and how I realized all the ways that I held myself back. And I realized all the limiting beliefs that were holding me back from living a life that I truly wanted in like my mental wellness, you could say. So from there... I then hired another coach once I had this awakening that taught me all about digital marketing and creating online courses and funnels. And Mm. from there, I hired another coach who was teaching me more about spirituality and money mindset. And then my business just really began to take off very, very quickly. And so we're in it five years now, and we have four books. My fifth one's at the end of the wow. year. My master's, my PhD will be done by the end of the year. And we've designed, created, launched, sold thirty-three online courses. We have a top, you know, four hundred podcasts in spirituality, and we've helped thousands of clients, tens of thousands through my social media which has been an incredible experience. So that's really how my story started and how I got here. And there was a lot of little things in the way, but that was like the overarching journey. But I always say it's funny, like if you were to look at my life when people say like, write your five-year life plan down. I actually looked at mine the other day from like when I was in New Zealand. I was like putting, like I looked at what it was. And I was like the things that I wrote and then the things that I've done, like I couldn't even wrote in the things down that I've done because I didn't know they were possible.
1: Right. Are you comfortable sharing one or two things that were on the list that you maybe don't feel were actually aligned for you or just any surprises, anything you noticed when you looked at that again? The
0: one that I feel like I still, like it's still on my goal that I want to do that I hasn't done was I wanted to invest in real estate for passive income. And so instead of investing in real estate, I invested in my master's and my PhD. Yeah. So, and some other products, like I'd say like my books, and then I also have like my Oracle deck and I've done sunglasses and I'm doing another big product right now. So like there were other things that I did that I feel like were more aligned, mm-hmm. but I never would have known like I was going to create my own Oracle oracle deck and like distribute it. Yeah. Like I never do any of these things, you know? So I think that was like one of them. I think I hit most of them. But the other one was probably just like my ideals on money. I feel like it wasn't so much about like the goal. It was just more like I thought that once you had more money, you'd have like less problems and like the problems that you had, they would just like go away or like you could pay money for things just to easily vanish oh. like in a way. So my idea on money of like what money I wanted or the goals I wanted was like completely warped and why
1: I wanted them. Interesting. So I find that it's such an interesting conversation or topic because it it affects everyone. Basically everything you just shared everyone has a version of that in their life. So everything you shared affects everyone on some level or at some point. But I'm curious like just because you brought that up from the money perspective like what was your actual experience with money when you realized that that wasn't true.
0: Yeah. So I built my business, which is really cool, actually off of credit cards, which is amazing. So I actually traveled the world off of credit cards. So I would literally book a trip. I would not have the money. I would book the trip. And then when I was there, I would use social media to then share or sell or offer whatever offering that I was offering. Mm -hmm. I would make the money back. The credit cards that I have would give me hotel point rewards or hotel, whatever rewards, And then I would use it for my next booking on the next thing. I literally like grew my business this way. Then I invested in two mentors that were like, not the ones I mentioned, but that were kind of, there are always lessons, but I went almost $200,000 in debt. And so that was the moment when I realized like, you can't just pay money to like get a result. Like, you know how like you pay to go to college and like when you're going there, you're going to get a degree. This I had to learn Like, you can't just pay a coach or pay a mentor and then that was going to make you a multimillionaire, or make you a whatever that it was. So it was like this idea of like if you pay and you do this, this is the result of what's going to happen.
1: Okay, yeah. And so
0: I had to really go through like this ego death, I guess you could say <laughs> of like that you couldn't just have great money, which I was making, but then pay and like a thing I had to really learn like relationships and like navigating people and understanding people. So I think that was the biggest lesson, and I feel like still, like, when we look at people that are, like, wealthy or, like, have created a lot, we think, like, oh, they must have no problems. And I'm like, actually, if you think about it, like, the amount of problems Jeff Bezos has, like, factory workers that could be dying that are in his factories, like, tax credit that he has to deal with, like – employees that are laid off or not laid off, like people that he's paying to get their master's or their bachelor's or their kids, their healthcare system, like making sure that it's there, like UPS shipping, damaged product, huge things that are going, making like these micro cities that they're making out, (laughs) these new grocery stores that they're making, like, do they have the correct land? Is the food not there? Lawsuits that are going on. I was like, this guy has so many problems. Like he obviously has team members that it goes down, you know, in it, but just because he has all this money, it's not like he has this luxury life, which he does. That, that money means that he's obsolete from all those things. Right. I had to learn that the more that you have, the more responsibility you have. And the more responsibility you have, the more like opportunity you have to be in alignment and integrity.
1: Ooh, tell me more about that. So tell me how responsibility for you connects to alignment.
0: One of the biggest metaphors that I've heard that I really like
1: Alignment to me is like,
0: okay, if you say you're going to do something and it's really hard, especially when you feel like you're a spiritual person or like you have these natural healing abilities. So you want to like heal the world and help everybody and be a light worker and let's go do the things. And I'm so excited, (laughs) which is so good, which is what we want, which is incredible. But we get in this space where we can't say no. We people please. We want to do everything so that people like us, so that people don't think we're weird or people don't think we're, you know, I don't know, the million thoughts that we have in our mind. So if you say, like, keep saying yes to everyone, like, yes, 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 and then you're emotionally drained, it's not really you living your purpose, because if you're saying yes to everybody, you're not saying yes to yourself Mm -hmm. and your purpose, because your purpose takes up a lot of space. Your purpose takes up a lot of time, and especially if you're a light worker and a healer and a coach, like, just the mindset work you have to do to sustain so many people, and you're having a clear frequency and a clear energy, that takes... X amount of hours and mm-hmm. work just to have that state of mind and that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I had to learn that responsibility. It was like owning my no. So like my yeses were right. And every time if I said yes to something like that saying, I didn't follow through on it. I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And I didn't follow through it. It's like, it hurts your credit score with yourself, or like your confidence mm-hmm. score, your integrity score with yourself. Mm-hmm. And every time if you're saying yes to a bunch of people, even if you don't really want to do it, you're doing it just because you feel like you want to, or it's the right thing to do that also is like hurting your integrity and your credit score with yourself. So when I started looking at like how my word was impacting and influencing my alignment, like, oh my God, this is bringing me out of alignment. Oh my God, this is bringing me over here. Oh my God, I'm getting dragged over here. Oh, I'm going over here. Like it was like, oh my God, I could see all the ways of why I wasn't getting when it was $10,000 or $20,000 or, you know, whatever client or whatever month number that I wanted to hit, I began to see it. And I was like, this is crazy. And so when I began to listen to my language and really feel into it, I could better be in alignment, which brought integrity, which was like increasing your credit score with yourself.
1: Basically, the responsibility is to stay in alignment with yourself. And, you know, when we want to be in this exchange, right, as light workers or healers or coaches or whatever, there's a money aspect, right? An exchange of services or an exchange of something. And that gets impacted if we're not taking care of our own clarity. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. And I love the credit score on, on yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's a really good metaphor. People can relate to, like if you pay your bills on time, your credit score goes up, you know, and yeah. it's good to have good credit, but we don't always check the credit score with ourselves.
1: Yeah. It's very easy to get swept up in wanting to put action to the things that are coming. Cause I think just through your story, you've shared what to me sounds like a lot of download information that you're getting. You're like, for some reason, I need to travel or for some reason, like, and not totally always knowing exactly what the desire is linked to right away. But I relate to that. The more I listen to myself, the more information I get. Do you feel Mm. like that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely learned that. And that's why I said like having like to sustain being a coach, or even a business owner, like even Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. says it. He's like, when my schedule, like I've heard him say, even when my schedule gets too busy, I'm like, whoa, 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 we need more space on my time. Like,
1: yeah, when you're
0: really choosing to live in a path of alignment, which I believe the most successful and fulfilled people that keep their wealth, they're in alignment with a power that's greater than them. Whatever they choose to call that power, it can differ, it can vary, mm-hmm. but. That requires a spaciousness and it requires a time for you to even hear yourself. Because if you're constantly over inundated with information, you're overstimulated, you can't even hear the truth of what's going on. And that's a lot about what I talk about in my first book, Live Your Truth.
1: Can you tell me more about that? I know you shared a little bit about the fact that you're sharing your journey in that book, but can you talk more about maybe just what the biggest takeaway is that you wanted or what are you hoping people glean from that book?
0: The biggest thing from that book that I wanted people to walk away from is I wanted them to really begin to look within of what stories are present in your subconscious that you're unaware of, which is Mm -hmm. a lot of what I share in that book of four stories that really influenced the actions that I had in my life and how you can release those stories so that you can really intoxicate the world with love. And an intoxicator is just someone who takes the time to look within and become what's left, their truth. And so when you do that, you begin to open yourself, which is my first step in this five-step process. You open yourself to so many opportunities that you don't even realize you're stopping yourself from, from the way that you're thinking, the way that you're acting because of these past experiences. So for an Mm -hmm. example, like a very basic level could be, why do you walk with your right foot instead of your left foot first? Mm. Or why do you walk with your left foot instead of your right foot first? Like something like that we don't even think of. And that, alone tells you already what side of the brain you are
1: fascinating
0: when you look at that like why does that happen right and then you want okay well was it with your parents or what did you see or was it a natural biology but like something like that like just get curious like oh wow like why is it so natural for me to go right first or to do like lift weights with my left hand first or there's like why is that story what's circulating in me Mm -hmm. just from that basic stuff which is functioning the whole biology in my body
1: yeah that's a great example Something like that,
0: if that's happening at a very basic level, like just imagine what's happening at a very high level with stories that have happened in your life from beautiful stories to painful stories to why you don't want to go to this restaurant, like food that you say you hate, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many different things that go on in our minds. Like one of my clients, even I asked them, you know. They're in their 70s. And I said, what was your most painful experience? And they remembered something all the way back from middle school and high school, which was their most painful. I was like, I was even shocked. I was like, really? But when they said it, I was like, do you see why this would hinder every relationship dynamic because of that? And Mm -hmm. they were like, I haven't thought about this in decades.
1: Right. And the more I speak to people around those types of stories, too, it's always in your adolescence Mm -hmm. because it does set you up that's when those foundations are set up. So yeah, it's an interesting question always. <laughs> it's like how often are we sitting down to ask ourselves what are our most painful experiences? So yeah, it's great to have containers and support systems for that too or even like I love to learn from books too and reading other people's stories and sort of their way of doing things. So if that's you, like person listening, there's four books that you can read by Colleen, yeah. which is so great. Which, okay, before I move on, I have a question around creativity, but I just want to acknowledge that I love that you connected truth with the concept of love and openness, because that is really like the signature of human beings is that we really do operate from love. And when we don't, it's evident. And when we come back to it, stuff starts to become easier and in more alignment. And we start to see ourselves in our most authentic light, I think. And it's a simple one. If we get lost is just, you know, how can I add more love is like a nice one to try. But I love that you also dove into all because you have a degree in psychology, right? Remind me.
0: My PhD is in philosophy and I'll be done with it. So I finished classes and I'm working on my dissertation. So I'll be done with it by the end of the year, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. But definitely. I
0: think the biggest thing that you know, I wanna even say on that is I'm more of a qualitative, you know, researcher than quantitative, but
1: can you define that just for anyone who doesn't yeah. know what that is? Yeah.
0: So, quantitative would be like you're taking a measuring stick and you're going, okay, we're increasing this rope, whatever mm-hmm. rope, by two inches. And on this two inch rope, because we're increasing it, this is going to be the impact or this is the suggested, whatever it
1: could be. Okay
0: qualitative, you guys don't know, Brene Brown, she's like a sample of it. It's a lot more based on emotions and feelings. So it's Mm -hmm. more like, okay, the Jewish people went through the Holocaust. What was the emotional impact on them from going through that? Mm. So it's not like you can take a measuring stick and measure it, but there's a way to talk about it where it's still measurable. And the why research is so important and truth is why I was going to go to is because you want to be able to measure things. It's really important to have like a quantifiable thing. So Truth, which is what we're talking about, or this is that there's multiple truths that can exist at one time. There's never like this one thing that's always true. And I always specific to that because it's application based. Things can change based on application. So, for an Mm. example, I like this one that goes like one plus one is two, right? We all know when you add one and you add one, that's plus two. When you're talking about it in the form of people, one plus one can equal three because a man and a woman can have a baby. Mm -hmm. So you can change the application of like what's happening. So truth is always subjective. And I think people get in their own mind, especially as intuitive beings, as sentient beings, we get lost in our own mind of, well, that can't be true. Like the world hasn't told me that. No one's going to believe me. People are going to think I'm crazy. Like that's not on the mainstream media. And so I just want you to know that it is like, you know, what you feel inside of you, it's there for a reason. And your thoughts weren't placed there by accident. It's like roots in a ground. It's like roots from an energetic source coming in your brain. They're placed there by something else trying to support you to awaken and support you to feel fulfilled. And when I went on this journey, the last five years of all of this, and just returning home, returning to wholeness, returning to peace, it, Still makes me emotional. Like it's been the most challenging journey of my life, but it's been one of the most awakening and rewarding because the people that you're surrounded with, the support I have, the clients that I get to meet, like the experiences I have, there's just nothing that I would have had that if I stayed in a corporate setting or stayed in the matrix.
1: Right. Thank you for sharing that. It is always a journey. It doesn't mean this idea of enlightenment and clarity even or finding our truths is necessarily simple or easy or all white light or all of this amazing like okay if i just decide to you know listen to the voice then all my problems will be solved similar to the money thing right it's yeah there is no just all right now everything just gets to be great now it's a lot of journeying
0: Even when I'm sharing like, yeah, I have a multiple six figure business now. But like, you know, my first couple years, I was like to almost $200,000 in debt, you know, like, I just got my first credit card again, because of all that, like, I think late last year, early this year, yeah, there were definite things that happened, you know, there were moments when I would be at the grocery store, like literally having $2.18 in my bank account. And I'd be like, okay, we're just going to get rice, but I'm going to like go on social media and live my purpose. And like, I know what's going to happen, you know, or I'm going to like believe in my book and believe in my product. Like there was still those things. And I mean, there was just those things. Like, I'm not saying it has to be that way for everybody, but I don't think it's forever. I don't think it's a long-term thing, but someone said this to me and I really believe in it. It's like, you were born with your dream and you are the only one who's gonna die with your dream. So like, you have to be willing to fight for what's inside of you and Mm -hmm. no one else can do it for you. And unless you're like out there pushing it and fighting it and sharing for it, like how could people know about you? Where's your credibility? Where's your, you know, you have it inside of you, but your truth isn't expressed into the world. And so this just always kept me really committed to keep going even like with my PhD, when I feel like, you know, I don't believe necessarily in the education system, but there was like, you said this calling within me, that was like, you need to get it done for what I meant to do later in my life. And I trusted it and I believed it. And I still don't know like what that reason is. And I know I still need to finish yeah. the dissertation, but like, you know, I still know that there was something and I know that it's like, when you do that, like you get rewarded, I'd have enough of a relationship with the universe or with the spiritual realm or the other side to know that like, it's worth it. Same with Mm -hmm. my podcast. I started my podcast when I went through an abortion, which was my third book when I didn't know I could become pregnant because of thyroid cancer and I was off my medicine. So technically I shouldn't have had the hormones to even hold a child. And I literally like everyone but asking me to start one in my community. I was like, I just have to start it and I just have to share it because I'm in so much pain and I just want other people out there who feel alone. I just want to be a voice for them. And it was amazing because that was three years ago now and we've, you know, been downloaded in 74 countries and like 1500 cities. And yesterday for the first time ever, we had a thousand downloads in 90 days, which was so exciting. That's never happened to us before. I saw so, that. Congrats. Yeah. So that was like a really cool win that felt like, oh my God, like I remember I can take myself back to the pain when I was in my walking closet, like closed my door and like was sitting there like. I think the first one is like following your inner knowing. Like that's the first episode. Like I just had to follow it. And like, I can't even imagine like when I'm in my forties or my fifties, what this podcast, what that will bring. And that's just one of my products. So you just have to believe in yourself and know that there's something more. And the only way you're going to learn is through action.
1: I agree. I'm an action learner for sure. And I think all of us are to some degree. I think there's different variations of how people integrate information and distill all of it. But I think everyone needs some percentage of action. And it's the fastest way to I think to learn, whether it's what you want, what you don't want, whether it's your voice, someone else's voice, you know, like, if you're pushing, if you don't have to push so hard, if it, you know, there's so much you can observe from putting something into action. So I totally, am on board with that. I'm curious, like, for someone who is, maybe new to having this kind of conversation with themselves, right? Mm -hmm. How can they differentiate between the voices, right? Like the voices inside them, because we all have, like you said, there's so many layers to our experiences and which ones are those ones that have a step forward with our right foot that we're not super conscious of. And maybe suddenly we are and we can dive deeper, but how do we start to understand what that truth Full voice, that what I call an intuitive voice, the connective piece that is our truest voice. How can we tell?
0: Yeah, I'll give you two examples on this so you can kind of see. So there's always like multiple things we have going on in our minds. For an example, I want to go to the grocery store. Okay, I've got to get in my car. I've got to do this. I've got to park. I've got to get out. I've got to like get a grocery cart. Like all these things we automatically do. Like these are all voices that we may not even hear because it's so automatic already in our mind, you know? okay, let's look at the peppers. Okay. Which pepper do I want? We'll touch the pepper. Like these are like real like voices that we all experience Yeah. So how do you apply this to your life? So when I was first wanting this thing, I was like, I knew I wasn't happy. I knew there was another narrative. I knew I had to leave my job. I was sitting on the couch crying and there was just something inside. that's like, you need to go up and get your laptop and Google visas. And I Googled visas and New Zealand visa came up. It was just so clear. There was no question of like, which pepper do you get? Is it this pepper or this pepper? Let me feel the peppers. Let me do this. Like, there was no question. It was just so like directively, instinctively, like, boom, like take the action. Do you know? It was so much like that. So I did that. But then what happened after that, right, is I had anxiety for 90 days. I said, I'm calling my friends. Am I going to get a job? Am I Am I throwing my career away? Am I doing blah, 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 blah. The mind was racing and racing and racing. I would call every friend, this friend, this friend. No, you shouldn't do it. No, you shouldn't do it. No, you shouldn't do it. it." Like literally, (laughs) it's like a chaotic storm in a way. That's the voice that's not the one to listen to (laughs) because the voice that's like guiding you, it's clear, it's direct. It feels like, whoa, this is what I really want. So another example relationships is a big topic that I talk about and speak on. So how do you know like when to leave a relationship or when to stay in a relationship? Obviously no relationship is ever perfect. And even Brene Brown Brown's something so beautiful lately. I loved is that like they say like 50, 50 she's like, it's never 50, 50 sometimes like with what's going on in life. Like someone's parents are dying. someone's this, so I may have to be carrying 70% of the relationship. They're carrying 30% of the relationship. They're laid off. So now I'm carrying more of the relationship. They're carrying less, of the, like like mm-hmm. all these different things that happen. And so she said, But if it ever gets to a point where it's out of 80-20, like, let's say the most they have in their relationship is 80-20, then they need to have a conversation about it. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. So you have these voices, like, in relationships. And relationships are very important when you're on the spiritual journey because relationships are direct reflections of you and there are activations into your highest growth. So... Someone's annoying you. Someone's not responding to you. Someone's whatever. And you're like obsessing about why aren't they responding? What's going on? And I've done this many times. And still I can do this at times with people. Like whether it's business, it's a client, it's whatever. Many things that will go in my head. That's not the voice of like reason. The voice of reason being, like, okay, this is the plan to leave the relationship. Or like, this is now time to go. Or like, mm, that was not a great experience. Like we had a little bit of disturbance, a fight, whatever. But I still know that I deeply love this person. I still know this person's deeply bringing whatever value into my life. So that's like the voice of truth. Like the voice of truth is very like rational, aligned, clear. When you're spiraling, you're like, I do this or I do this. How do you do that? How am I going to make money online? How am I going to do that? I don't know how to do that. That's not the voice. That's God. That's the highest. That is your highest truth or your highest self.
1: Yeah. It just makes me because anxiety to me is so related to fear. And to things that are outside of ourselves as well. And so really the opposite of fear is love. Love and fear, like it's one or the other typically. And it just reminds me of that same sort of theme in in a lot of ways. It's like the anxiety is normal. It'll happen. Like we have to run through sometimes this energy sometimes just to get rid of it. Or it's just natural. It's part of being a human being, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All these things. So I'm glad you brought that up just because... I think it's also very easy sometimes to go like, I'll never get there because I have so much anxiety or I'll never hear my true voice because of these things. But the fact is, is that we all have this experience at times, depending on, especially if it's something brand new, like what you did where you're acting on something in a way that you maybe haven't before, or it's a new experience and you're trying to up-level, right? Like getting to that next version of yourself. To me, that's when those voices really come up and are like, messing with my reality in ways that I have to choose again. Yeah. I have to keep choosing myself.
0: Like even when I started digital marketing, right? Like I did, like, even though I wasn't in school, like my undergrad wasn't that long ago, like there was not digital marketing the way it was today. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember like, right. it's almost like I did a full fledged, like I had to learn, okay, funnels, Facebook ads, how to connect Instagram to Facebook ads, how to do SEO, like all these, like, what are these words? Like, you know what I'm saying? Ranking this. Oh my God. I just want to create and write. Like, it was so mind boggling to me. And so like, even like funnels, okay, you have to have all the fonts the same, you have to have the same color palette, the same branding, okay, you have professional photos, like all these things. I'm like, oh my God, this is like so overwhelming. I just wanted to write a book. Yeah. Like I thought I was gonna write a book, you know what I'm saying? Now you're telling me all this, <laughs> like, oh my God. And so I would get so frustrated. I mean, hours, hours I would be on the support chat, support, whatever. And I know all about that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's back to like, how bad do you want it? Like, how bad do you want your life to change? Because you're going to exert the same energy complaining about where you're at as you're going to exert the same energy to get where you want to go. So it's like you have to pick which one you want.
1: Yeah, and I actually think the energy is sourced even a little differently. I think that when we're sourcing energy from an effortful place because we're miserable, that feels like pushed effort that feels constricted versus effort that's being sourced from that truth, that authentic thing that has a driving sort of motivated, inspired effort that tends to have a longer lifespan and has an expansion energy versus a constricted energy. So I think that there's lots of clues when we are trying new things to see, like, am I feeling like I can't breathe? Like, is it constricting? Is the effort to figure out like, The SEO and, like, these, like, nitty-gritty things, does that feel demotivating in a way that is not actually, like, maybe this, this isn't what I really want and it's something else? Is it teaching you something or is it just getting through the learning period and it's sourced from your inspiration, I mean?
0: Yeah. I think a large part of that, like when I look back on my thing, like I wish I would have just made it so much easier of like going on social media and sharing the thing and providing a payment link. Like (laughs) I think in the very beginning, like you put so much effort, like it has to be perfect and has to be luxurious and I have to find the best people. Like it really is very simple. People want you because of what your message is, because of your energy, because of your frequency. And If you can just go on and share that, like when you think about it, like Nike, do you care that Nike is in the nicest mall or do you care that Nike has the best SEO or best whatever? Like you literally will go on and search for hours for the perfect shoe or make it like, (laughs) let's say even at, I don't know, a makeup line. You're not like, oh my God, I love this makeup line because it's at this mall. You love it because you have an experience with it because of the energy it brings you because of what it brings into your life. So if you can add value into other people's life through your message, You just need to share it. There doesn't need to be, like, all these fancy things on top of it. Like, yes, that's nice, that's great, but it's not required.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And you can grow into those things and take Mm -hmm. it a little slower. Whenever I slow down that kind of process, then I can step out of my perfectionism a little bit more, and I can actually do a better job because I'm paying more attention to the details when I can come back to it with that kind of energy because I'm the same way. I want to get it the way that other people are doing. Like, it's just this is what you see. So you want to mimic it and it's normal to do that. But yeah, a lot of times, like if I look at my own Instagram page, the reels that were just like slapped together that I thought of at the last minute, cause I had something I really wanted to share, get a lot of views. And they, no one cares. Like if I put it in a template or did a special reel or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just about, you know, do they want what I'm sharing and are they vibrating with that or not? And it's funny, though, I just did a webinar this morning, and there's a whole funnel to build with that. And I was doing it for the first time. And it's funny to see who does start going, oh, you know what, like, this is really, and they started nitpicking at it. Mm-hmm. But it just brings me back to what you were saying about reflections. Like, I think that that energy gets reflected, and it's to be expected that those things sometimes happen when we are also experiencing that feeling, and we're scared of that happening. And then they're also scared of that happening. So they're not doing anything and they're just nitpicking your thing. So it's kind of funny, like how all of that starts to be a part of the process when we get into it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think as you grow a a presence, any type of presence or any business, you're always going to people that the bigger the presence, the more people are going to like pick you apart. Right. And even like, I learned this in my PhD program, like by no means is any program perfect, but people want to like pick it apart and be better and do this. And it's like, and people want to put responsibility on you and it's of even like your job to do that. It's like another platform and you're just doing what you can with the tools that are given to right. you. And they're like, you go change the world with this now. And you're like, ah, but I also believe that. And I've had this like many times I've had sales pages that like by accident, they weren't working all the way or the click button. And then they'll be like, Hey, my people will be like, it's yeah. not working. I want to pay. Like, how do I pay you? Like, you can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. Like what people really love what you have. They'll do whatever they can to pay They'll you.
1: find a way to let you know. Yeah. And that's so true. And that's okay. It's okay to have all of that happen. So if you're out there and you're trying to make a new thing happen, like these are all normal occurrences.
0: And I think too, like my first year in business, I showed up every week doing a webinar the first year of my business. Every week I showed up. And I would, whether it was zero oh. people, like literally people, like no one showed up, like I still showed up and did it.
1: And that's so many <laughs> times where I talked to the one person. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like I, you know, I would just be like, you know what? Well, I agreed to it. This is the time I had. I'm going to do it anyway. We're like, now I can do a webinar and like within 24 hours, you'll have at least, you know, 10 to 15 people on it. Do you know what I'm saying? But when for the first year, you know, many times it was me, myself and I.
1: Yes, totally. And then anytime I do something new, it just requires that sort of process and allowing there to be a process, which actually brings me back to my question I was going to ask about creativity. Because all of this to me, I feel like healing and this journey with ourselves can be so related and or further impacted with a creative process. And I know you write and that's a creative process. So I was just curious how, and, or if that has an influence on sort of your own growth, just having a creative process that seems like your companion because you've written four books in a short period of time. Yeah. And
0: my fifth month is at the end of this year. amazing. <laughs> so I don't, amazing. Yeah, I
1: mean, I don't yeah. know. Like people
0: ask me this all the time. I don't know. Like I never knew I was a creative person let's say like in school like art was like my least favorite subject I hated it I didn't want to go to art class you know what I'm saying like I was like screw this you know but I loved typing typing was like I loved computer class I loved everything I that was like a good one I always loved math because like math is like patterns and puzzles so I feel like it's Uh the same as like the subconscious mind is like okay what can you do to equal the equation to get to zero or like what can you do to stabilize this you know Mm -hmm. So, I just loved that. Like, math was my favorite subject. Like, what, English or writing? I hated my grammar was bad. I never wanted to read the books they wanted me to read. Like, I literally Mm -hmm. would be like, okay, how do I wiki notes this so I don't have to read the book? I can do the thing and like get it done, basically. Like, that was literally how I did my things. So, I don't know. This creative part of me, I feel like it really birthed when I wanted to travel the world. And I knew like I want to travel the world. And I was like, I have to get creative to make this happen. You know, like, Mm -hmm. how do I do this? So, that's when I like, get started to get more online for me and like then I like people like you channel you download you this and I'm like I don't even know what those words mean but like you know now I remember I would be like talking to clients and they'd be like what would you just say I, I didn't get it and I'm like I don't even remember what I just said and that was like when I realized like oh my god I'm channeling or like oh my god it's not just me doing all this there's something higher in me that's coming through me that's guiding me that's supporting me like And when I started to do that, it just took so much like pressure off me because it wasn't like, oh my God, it's just little me here doing this. It's like, there's a system and there's a support system guiding me to bring this into the world. And my job is to take care of myself and be well and just share the message. And as soon as I took responsibility for my part in it, I don't know, it just got easier. And that's where I think the, the creative, whether it's like the photography, like my fourth book, The Cycles of Love, like my fourth book, which is a poetry book, and each poem has like a different photo that I've taken. So they're all like different edits of mine and they each go whatnot. Like cool. I never knew I was going to do a poetry book. I didn't even know I could write poetry. Like I didn't even uh-huh. know that. And that one, like I put like channel through the vessel of Colleen Gallagher because it wasn't just me. Like literally something would happen. And I'm like, and it would just like come through. And then I would go back and edit it or make it sound better. But when you believe like there's just more and you believe you're worth it and you believe that, you know that you're here for something great. It just gets easier.
1: Yeah. And I've been identifying as a creative person since I can remember, but it always felt like that, what you just described. And I think a lot of artists would agree. It's what we call the muse, right? Mm -hmm. That's also following the muse. But what I'm hearing is just so much trust and surrender to what we could call the process. And that could be the process of life, the process of growth, the process of art or whatever there's everything's a freaking process. So it was nice to hear you frame it in the way that you just did and hear it back because this acceptance of like knowing your part in it, I think, is really powerful, and that's where I'm hearing the word like surrender and going, okay, well, I am here to do what needs to be done to share my purpose, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it going to be a book? Okay, is it going to be poetry? I guess it's poetry. Is it going to be you know a podcast? You know, yeah. yeah, of course, you know, whatever it is, and um, I think I. Resp- bond and interact with my creativity in the exact same way everything I do is kind of like that and I've always struggled with how to like I live in Los Angeles the question people ask you is what do you do I mean what I do changes all the time so (laughs) I never quite know how to answer it but I like the way you framed it it just helps me remember like hey I'm not the only one doing it that way and maybe that's normal maybe that's awesome you know
0: Yeah. And like, I have the same thing as people ask me, like what I do, like we're multidimensional beings. So it's not like we're just one thing, but I always say like, what feels most alive for me is I always say like, you know, I'm a coach that support people to create a life that they love. And I'm an author of four books. Now, once you look me up, you say, holy shoot, this girl has way more than that. Do you know? But that mm-hmm. was like what started it. And that's why I say like, when I learned about the coaching industry, I was like, wow, this is where I can make a career. This isn't just like I'm mm-hmm. going to do a couple prints and do this and then sell it. on so I'm like, this is like where I can make it a long lasting, sustainable career with incredible clients and reoccurring income and like a brand that I love. And when I did that, and I had that mindset, I don't know, life just everything, like even the challenges of like, being late on invoices, like having team members like, shoot, like I wanted to pay this thing, but I can't pay it, or like like oh I way overpaid on that and I got screwed, you know, whatever that it was. Like all these experiences of like the waves like happen, but you just you're so obsessed with what you do and this thing inside of you that it like pushes you forward.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like you found the thing that brings you a feeling of fulfillment and purpose. Yeah. Yeah which you help other people do now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about just what you're doing now and how you help other people find their purpose?
0: Yeah. So my first book, like I've shared it a few times of your truth, I have my first course that I created with that, which is how to create your fairytale life. So usually people come to me in the very beginning. And there's two reasons. You have a great life, but you know that you feel a little bit unfulfilled. You're not quite doing what you're meant to do in like your spiritual alignment. Like you've created maybe success as a business coach, but you know that there's another narrative for you. So that's one. The other is that you just went through a breakup or divorce and you're looking for that sense of how do I really find clarity on this truth of why I'm here? Or if you have the clarity already, I need to realign and attune to it. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, I have many different resources. Like like I said, 33 courses that I, so like my one that we're launching right now is how to become a powerful manifestor. So I'm taking you through how do you actually look at your subconscious mind and realize how your present was manifested by your past and now use the present to manifest a more brilliant future. So these are like things that I talk about or communicate about. We have one for digital sales and marketing. So I have all these different experiences and we have like a mastermind that you can join for 12 months, or I have a membership called the wisdom channel where I share like journal prompts or like wisdom bombs that like awaken you. So I have this really like full service. You could say coaching practice with all these different ways that you could plug in to really feed yourself and your soul with new information Because when you have information, it changes your life, right? And something someone said to me was really powerful, right? Is what if the life that you have, it's not that you're stupid. It's not that you did anything wrong. It's not that you made a mistake. It's just that you were given the wrong information. So from Mm -hmm. that wrong information, there was created a deformation in your mind because the information deformed, like they're both informing and deforming. They deformed the way that you're forming, the way that you're doing things in life. It's like a ton. So you're, you're, you're acting, So when I began to think about this, oh my God, like what if I could just change the information I'm listening to and that would change my life and I would do these, I felt like I had a responsibility for that. So we have all these ways you can plug into, I call it like my magical land or my fairy tale land to support you, to really have that clarity, to support you, to manifest, support you to have a better relationship with money. If you're meant to be a healer or a coach or a community builder in the online world, you know that you want to travel the world, you want freedom. How do you begin to do that? And how do you shift your mindset to make it happen?
1: That's awesome. I think you said you had 33 courses. Yeah. So not all the courses
0: are online on my website. ColleenGallagher.co is a lot of them are, but they're not all of them. Some of them, like once you're in the kind of castle of how I design it, then you have (laughs) opportunities for more, but not all of them are upfront.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. I have a similar structure where I want you to come on in first and in certain offers so that it's more supported. Yeah. That's really cool. So that was your website. Are there any other ways that we can connect with you?
0: My podcast, which is the Colleen Gallagher podcast. So we're everywhere. You can subscribe or listen to that. We have 129 episodes, which is insane. And then my books, which are on Amazon, you can just search Colleen Gallagher and you'll find them. If you just go to Google and search Colleen Gallagher, I'll be there on (laughs) YouTube. I'll be everywhere. It's not hard to find me in the digital world.
1: Perfect. I love that. And last question. If there's one thing you want the listener to understand from what we shared today, what would that be?
0: In order to be bold, you have to believe in your truth, and no one's going to believe in your truth without you being reputable and taking action. So that would be what I'd say.
1: I like that very yeah. on message for us to hear <laughs> people begin. Thank you for that, and thank you for being here. This was lovely to just get to know you more and hear your story and your journey and how you approach everything and I'm really happy to know that you are feeling like you're in your purpose and living that out and sharing it with others. So thank you for doing what you do and for being here.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance, like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of People Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.